1: Welcome to Woodstock Nation, your host, Marla Davies.
0: Hey, it's Marla Davies. Woodstock Nation, the podcast, has been celebrating the revolution, evolution, and life-changing magic of music festivals from Woodstock to today for the past 16 episodes. And now we have some really exciting news. We're going to change the name of our podcast, still reflecting our love of music festivals, but in a bigger way. Woodstock Nation will soon be called... Festival Nation, and we're still proud to be on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Woodstock Nation, the podcast, has been inspired by an upcoming documentary called Woodstock Nation. I'm Marla Davies, and I'm one of the producers on the project. As we still will give you updates about the documentary on Festival Nation, we're excited to take this podcast in amazing new directions as we explore the magical world of music festivals. Many inspired by the granddaddy of them all, the original Woodstock, but many taking a life of their own. Lollapalooza, Coachella, Vaughan, Bottle Rock, Bonnaroo, Outside Lands, South by Southwest, just to name a couple. Each week, I'm going to bring you interviews, recollections, and stories from musicians, concert promoters influencers and music lovers and festival goers about their love of music and the magic of music festivals and why they still bring people together to celebrate as a tribe. If you've ever enjoyed yourself at a music festival, you'll love Festival Nation. On today's podcast... We're going to travel to merry old England, to the days of the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, to the bustling village of Wellington in Derbyshire, England, in the mid-1600s. We're traveling back in time to the Northern California Renaissance Fair, albeit not a music festival, but indeed, music is a big part of the Ren Fair. And if you've ever joined in the celebrations, you know music and song fill the air. And Saturday night, after the day's celebrations, the evening begins with a rock concert. This year featured the Wicked Tinkers, the Coffus Brothers, the Pikes, the Nickel Slots, Cullen's Hounds, and the Highway Poets. The place is Casa de Fruta in Hollister, California, 60 miles south of San Jose. It takes nearly a month to transform these 21 acres into a Renaissance village. Beside live music, there's themed celebrations, hearty food, and a thriving marketplace of unique handcrafted goods. The first Renaissance Fair was started 57 years ago by the Patterson family in their Marin backyard and grew from there. The second was in 1963 in Southern California as a benefit for an L.A. public radio station, KPFK. The fair also sprouted its roots in Northern California, finding a home in 1970 at Black Point Forest in Novato. Many of you probably remember that magical spot. The long-running festival has taken many twists and turns over the years, but since the early 2000s has called Casa de Fruta home. Some 150,000 people frolicked at the Northern California Renaissance Fair this past year. People that go to the fair say there's three things you need to do when you go to the fair. That is, eat an oversized turkey leg, kiss a stranger, and go to the joust. The NorCal Renfair is renowned for its legendary full-contact joust. Valorous knights riding noble steeds run at each other full speed, lances up, and aimed at their opponent's shields until the inevitable clash, often shattering the lances into pieces. Spectators root for a country and their favorite knight from Spain, France, Scotland, and England. Today on Woodstock Nation, the podcast, we'll talk to Greg Hopla. Greg's story is interesting. Today, we'll hear how Greg's love of snow skiing led him to become the owner of the world tournament champion, Knights of the Realm. You'll also learn how super glue is the cure-all when it comes to jousting injuries and how Olympic skier Johnny Mosley learned how to joust for his show, Johnny Mosley's Wildest Dreams. If you've ever enjoyed a joust at the Northern California Ren Fair, you'll see Greg in full regalia defending the crown. Please welcome
1: Greg Hopla.
0: You are the English knight. I
1: am the English knight. Well, that's That's the
0: one. That's the one because we are talking about the Renaissance. And so you are a knight under the queen.
1: Yes, I'm the queen's favorite.
0: Of course you are. I know (laughs) we always root for England when we come to the Renaissance Fair.
1: Well, you know, she sees a guy without a shirt, so she's sometimes kind of flip-flops a little bit, so, you know.
0: Yeah, because last time I went to the Renfrew, I thought it was the Scottish guy that was shirtless, or is he
1: always shirtless? He's always shirtless, oh, you know. We started a few years ago, and, you know, it kind of, you know, the girls like it, the guys are not too sure about it, but, you know, they, <laughs> they ride go with the it. wave. <laughs> you'll
0: go with the flow. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how long have you been with the fair? I mean it's been a going on oh. for
1: so long. I started in nineteen eighty one. So I'm kinda dating myself. I know.
0: I know. <laughs> well I've been going I to the fair since the eighties too. So just Oh saying. really?
1: So at yeah. Black Point? You were at Black Point? Yeah, of course. Yes. So I was like, you know, the the guy it was Earl Lester's Troop of Horse. It was kind of different back then. We didn't really joust. There was the Order St. George was the girls' team, and then there was the guys' team, and then we did kind of games and stuff, you know. And Kevin Patterson was the – his parents was the one that started the yeah. first Renaissance Fair in the, you know, in the 60s, I guess. Yeah, so, 60s. So I worked for them for many of years, and then I, I, I kind of like uh, – I kind of flip flop, you know. Medieval times, they asked me if I was interested in being a knight, and I didn't really even know what they what they were talking about. And then I saw, they came out and said, "Well, we'll do a little show, you know, at the fair." And that was like in eighty six, five maybe. And I was like, I saw them swing the swords and sparks flying off the sword. I was like, that's what I want to do. And you'd never
0: done anything like that before, that?
1: No, I like I rode and I rode. Kevin hooked me up with a horse. I had this kid, Troy, Troy, he, he showed me how to ride for like 16 days and, and I was in the show, you know, and I was swinging it, you know, but, Wait, uh, you'd never I, even ridden a horse before. I like, I kind I'm from Oregon. So, you know, I'd been on a horse, but not like that. That's, it was a whole nother Jim Canna stuff. It was like pole bending, uh, keyhole. I mean, it was hardcore stuff. Like, you know, these people are, you know, they grow up doing that kind of stuff, you know, especially sure. here in Oregon and in California. And the guy that taught me was, he got a scholarship to, uh, some school in, in, uh, Southern California and he kind of gave me the heads up and, and like, I figured it out, you know, like I'm a big snowboarder skier, you know, ski instructor. I, I you know, I, I'm, you know, hand, eye coordinated, I can, you know, do that. So I picked it all up pretty fast, you know.
0: Well, it's amazing when people come to the Renaissance Fair, you know, people don't realize you guys are really riding horses. And, I mean, it's <laughs> legit. I mean, you guys are out there putting yourself in harm's way, God forbid.
1: Yeah, it is a little, you know, it's, I've seen a lot of accidents, you know. I'm trying not to get hurt, you know. I mean, we got to wake up the next day and do the show, but, it's, it's like, it's like a dance. So when you see the dancing with the stars, yeah. it's kind of like dancing with, you know, your partner. Cause you know, you're not trying, I mean, you're trying to make it look real, but you're not really trying to hurt him, you know, and, and people lose it because they think that they're like, dude, I, I see sparks flying I and mean, you guys are like, you're really going at it. And, you know, it's true. You know, we do, you know, get a little irritated with each other every once in a while. And so I might push it a little to the next level, but You know, I just don't want to get hurt. You know, I'm older, and and I've been through all that, and I've got probably 300 stitches in me from being sliced up, and I just don't want to go there anymore. You know, and everyone's pretty, pretty cool about it. Most of my guys are all stunt guys from Los Angeles now. So okay, now
0: you say stitched up. Is that from the Ren Fair or just some of your other escapades?
1: Uh, well, you know, I've uh. uh, have I been stitched up? Maybe a couple times. One time, maybe you know something crazy happened. I got split in the head, and I had to get. Now we super glue each other, so <laughs> really, it's just so much easier. Yeah, because it's just like. Back in the day, you know, like, it's just, it's so much easier because you just get it done right then. You let the bleeding stop and then you just, you know, put a little super glue on it and it, it, it cures it, you know. It I've heard back. that. I've heard the super glue. Amazing. So, you know, I've uh, you know, but I've traveled all through Mexico. I've done probably thousands of shows down there for the Latino community. You know, I'm sure you probably have some listeners that, you know, I, I, I've been all through Mexico doing shows down there. They know me pretty much. Uh, Greg Hopla, Medieval, you know, all through Mexico. I've done thousands of shows. It's it's awesome.
0: Who would have so, thought you do you ever think this was gonna be your destiny when you were a kid? No, I didn't. <laughs> you know, I
1: really, you know, I was kinda I wanted to be a. I s I wanna be a skier. I want to be a downhill racer. Mm. And it's funny because uh, Johnny Mosley, you know who Johnny Mosley is? I do,
0: I know Johnny Mosley. I've done a couple of events with him.
1: So Johnny Mosley I love him. He, he, he wanted to joust and sword fight. And I was like, first of all, I didn't really want to do it because, you know, the liability, you know, if I hurt Johnny Mosley, that could be bad. Yeah. So bottom line is, is that they, they asked me, he wants to joust. He, he does this, uh, you know, extreme dream thing, you know, that he does extreme stuff and, and they approached me at it. And at first I was a little cautious about it because I didn't want him to look stupid and I didn't want to look stupid. And I got to tell you, Johnny Mosley Dude, he rocked it. You know, he stuck right to it, and it wasn't easy because he was like, he's not, he can ride, but not like. I mean, it's a little difficult. It's that's, that's not easy, you know. I mean, guys that you know that have some sort of coordination, they they can't even. I mean, it's just six months or a year to figure it out. I mean, you know, he wasn't perfect, but I mean, he, he hung with you know, and I I put the hardest thing on him. I swing the ball and chain, and and it was funny the first day. You know, he, he stuck it out. And then I was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to make it the next day. And he's like, asked me, you think I'm going do it? I was like, Hey, Johnny, I don't want to be the guy that hurts Johnny Mosley, but right. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know? So I, I was swinging the ball and chain at him and, uh, he's like, Oh, and I thought I heard him. He pulled off his glove and I shattered his Apple watch.
0: Oh, like, <laughs> that's, Johnny that's, modern like, that's modern yeah, times. That's so. modern times. Oh, but, that's so funny. I loved, yeah, Johnny Mosley, he's a a great guy, so, and
1: Mm -hmm. he's also, who knew it, a jouster. Yeah, you know, and, and, and like, they filmed it, and it's going to be on this coming year or so sometime, I don't know when, but, uh, you know, it was fun, you know, it was really cool that, you know, he's the guy to do it, you know, and I I, I appreciate his extra efforts, and, because it wasn't easy for him, you know, and. So it was great, you know, and I, I had some help with some other people and the staff was really good, the production company. So, you know, props for them. They did a spectacular job. Nice. I it all turns out what? Yeah, great, it'll be know. good to
0: see it. I look forward to it. Now, when you guys are, when you do the joust and things at the Renaissance Fair, do you have a, I've always wondered this, maybe it's behind the, st- the scenes kind of thing, but do you know who's going to win or is it, does it really legit?
1: Okay. So this is how it, how it all rolls out. And people are like, oh, I don't believe that. You know, what we kind of do is like we listen to the crowd and when okay. the crowd goes Richter, we kind of go, okay, because we can change it up because you've seen the show. So sure. at the last, we have four guys jousting and sword fighting. Right. At that point, anyone can win. Okay. So we talk, you know, and try to figure it out and, you know, see who's like, you know, like if your crowd's yelling the most, then that's who's going to win, you know? Who
0: knew? We we really have the power.
1: Yeah, I mean because you know it's boring for us to just go out there and do our thing, and we change. I don't know if, how many times you've been to the fair, but we so never many. ever do the same show. We always change it up. It, that's true. Uh, yeah. So people, you know, they appreciate that, and they're like, "I don't, you know, I went one time, and you guys were swinging different weapons, and the you know the the, the Frenchman was a real bad guy, and he killed everyone, and you know had no mercy for anyone, and." He's like, every time I come, I'm surprised what you guys do. I just don't get it, how you do it. I'm like, you know, listen, we've been doing it for a long time. And like I said, I've been doing it since 1981. And most of my guys, you know, they're, you know, been doing it for 10 or 15 years. So it's kind of easy. Yeah, we just, you know, figure it out. And we just, we're just there to, you know, give, you know, it's all for me. It's all about the customer that comes through the doors. You know, I just want to give a good show and, and you know that's what pumps me up for it, you know. So and everyone else is the same, you know. And no one wants to go out there and look stupid, and no, no. one wants to. We just want to, you know, to do a good job and and entertain. And the, yeah, entertain, and that's what it's all about for us. so There
0: you go. We ha- you. I don't know what kind of act you have, like that kind of a dude accent, but when you're out there, do you get the? Let's hear the Renaissance.
1: Yeah, I, you know, when I I got my helmet on and stuff, you know, I I kind of cuss and swear and. You know, to tell In an English where to accent, <laughs> yeah. And then I just, you know, and then I, I talk. I can talk. Good morrow, my lord. Good morrow, you know, queen, you know, whatever. I can do all that too. But you know, sometimes like people get a, you know, they get it, you know, they like the period kind of talk, but also they just like to be talked to, like, because it, it, you know, intimidates them a little bit when you come off like, you know, like you're talking old you know English. Elizabethan. Yeah, yeah you know that people get a you know they get a little uptight because they don't know what to say because you're talking this kind of foreign language you know
0: yeah well so i've, I've I, noticed I, i've noticed in the fair over the years that it's kind of people are less and less talking in the elizabethan
1: yeah i just think that i think a lot of people um you know it it makes them nervous when someone comes at you real like that because it's very aggressive okay and I, th- I just i don't know if people really enjoy that i i've seen it through the years you know because i like when i first started i was intimidated you know i, I learned from the pros you know like the pattersons they were yeah like, they were into it and sir francis drake you oh know, yeah i know sir
0: francis drake as well yeah yes. like i had to
1: take workshops with them uh-huh. and all that stuff and I was like intimidated, you know, at first, but I just kind of, you know, as I got older, you know, I kind of got it, you know, I try to use it whenever I, when I see someone's not comfortable with, I don't do it. Cause I don't want them to have a bad time and make them feel, cause I want to talk to them and Right. they want to ask questions. So I try to make it okay to be just there's a fi- normal person. Yeah. Because sometimes it, there's a fine line there. Cause you know, they probably wouldn't cause they, they're like, think that they're on stage you know and I don't want you know I mean not everyone's like that but there's you know a lot that just they feel intimidated
0: right I get you know sometimes I you know I don't want to be the renaissance police but I was explaining to people you know usually I don't wear sunglasses at the renaissance fair because I don't and they go why I go because they weren't invented yet I
1: know, right? <laughs> well, that's the whole thing, you know. Like we don't, you know, we don't wear sunglasses. I mean, you know, that, that was hard for me. Like that's hard it was for a me. Tight, tight thing, you know. Like you had to talk like it, you had to dress like it. You had, I mean, you couldn't wear anything, you know. Your shoes and all your attire had to be, you know. So it was really tight. It's kind of eased up a little I think bit, so. but it, but it's not. It's still, you know, it's. I think what what that does is it, it helps other people that want to come to the fair that feel like if they don't have the same shoes that, you know, that was back then that they're still okay and they can you still know, have, have fun. a good time. Yeah. yeah, you know, And that's what it's all about really. You know, honestly, it's for anyone that wants to come and if you want to engage, there's people there to engage with. So.
0: I agree. I mean, I always tell people it's the people look, because of course we built a costume over the years. The first time I went, you know, I added a feather or this and then that, and then, now, I mean, we're full on. I can dress like a family of five at this point, et cetera. And yeah. it, it's the kind of thing that you just build on. You get, you just kind of get into it. Like we were talking to these young people and it was their first time there and they got their costumes from Amazon. But they were trying, you know. I was like, yeah, it's great. man. Yeah, you know what I mean? And
1: I think that's what it's all about because, you know there's not a lot something like that you can i mean of course you got halloween and stuff but it's kind of a different thing you know it's like that's once a year and you want to change your costume but at the renaissance fair you can be whatever you want to be you know i mean it's like you can add to your costume change it up a little bit you know do something a little different make it more elaborate i mean there are some really cool costumes i mean if you go and check it all out it's pretty awesome i mean
0: Today, we're talking to Greg Hopla, owner of the World Tournament of Champions, Knights of the Realm. We're chatting about the art of jousting at the Northern California Renaissance Fair and the joy kids get from play sword fighting. I know that my son and his friends have had so much fun in the act of swinging a wooden blade over the years. Coming up, is play sword fighting too violent? We'll hear more, and Greg will talk about why the fair is truly education and magical. It's Woodstock Nation. More after this.
1: Woodstock Nation.
0: Hello, it's Marla Davies. You're listening to Woodstock Nation. Soon to be Festival Nation, and we're celebrating the magical world of festivals. Today, we're visiting the Northern California Renaissance Fair. It's not a festival, but a cousin to a festival. It's a fair that usually runs for six weeks, ushering in the fall season. In 1992, Phyllis Patterson, who started the fair, said that we're trying to do something that is not just to give people another diversion, another place to spend their money, but to give them a chance to broaden their perspective about other times and places. We're trying to bring history to life so that people can actually participate in it and learn something at the same time. Huzzah! The Ren Fair has been housed at Casa de Fruta in Hollister, California since 2004, south of San Jose and San Francisco. And some 150,000 people flock to the fictitious village of Willington in Derbyshire, England. Upon arrival, you'll step back in time to jolly old England in the reign of Elizabeth I in the mid 1600s. The village is bustling with music, six stages of nonstop entertainment, and artisans selling their wares. Some 1,000 performers fill the streets with merriment and frivolity. And of course, the main attraction is the full contact joust. We're here with Greg Hopla, owner of the World Tournament of Champions, Knights of the Realm. We're chatting about the art of jousting at the Northern California Renaissance Fair and the joy kids get from play sword fighting. But has there ever been a time when someone has ignited the discussion that sword fighting is too violent? Well, you know, my son went this year, he's 16, and he's got a million swords from your stand. <laughs> and they're, I mean, the kids, they love them over the years. And, I mean, he's gone since he was a little, little one-year-old. And, the, gosh, we have so many broken swords, and the kids are always break, you know, having fun with right. them. And I'm sure that's what you guys would want. Because well, no, I use mean, out it's, of them.
1: Well, the thing is, is that this is, you know, I got to tell you this quick little story. So anyway, this lady comes up to our booth one time, and she goes, "I am not buying you one of those swords. There's no way you are not getting one. You that you cannot have a sword." And so you know, it was kind of it was it was rude, you know, and like in front of a bunch of people, you know, my wife gets a little offended because she, you know, loves what That's she the does. The sword, sure. Yeah, you know, and it's like so. The next year, the same people, and she she remembers. <laughs> and she, the, the people came up and, and she goes, I got to tell you something. Last year, we didn't want to buy a sword for him because we didn't want that aggression and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. But one day at um, we were having breakfast and we we're having pancakes and all his friends were over. And all of a sudden, they started uh, taking their pancakes and making guns out of them and shooting each other. And uh-huh. I said, that's it. Okay, next year you can have a sword at the Wooden Sword and Shields boost.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I didn't realize people look at it like that, but when you have a boy, it's just
1: kind of... It's kind of common, you know, and that's what I tell uh-huh. people. I go, listen, think about this. If your kid and his friend are playing Wooden Swords and Shields and they hit each other, they're going to go, oh, that kind of hurts a little bit. So the thing is, would you rather be them on a computer where they're killing and shooting people in blood and guts and stuff like that? Would you rather have them do that and not have any feeling? I mean, as far as, you know, you know what I'm getting? I know, right? I like, do.
0: And it's funny because I remember we got the kids. There were these toys that came in these plastic tubes and the little toys went in the tube. So as soon as they got the toys, they dumped out the toys from the tube and then started using the tube as a weapon yeah it's it's and i we just let we know and my kids turned out
1: great so it's fine my kid turned out great too he's a jouster he can sword fight he's the head chef at our restaurant here up here in oregon and i mean like he just learned you know like he you know the big thing was is we were doing the first year at casa de fruta he was out there he was like nine years old and my wife couldn't make it it was just me and him running the booth and it was like packed i mean we'd had 20 people on each side and he was selling, I was selling and you know, he's nine years old, but he's left brain. So he's kind of smart kid, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was like, and at the end of the day, he's like, Hey dad, you think someday we can do the Joustan show at Costa Frida. I was like, that was the farthest thing from my mind. Cause I had retired from medieval times and I was like, I was just making, I'm a sword maker. So I made titanium swords for them and Excalibur and I did pirate shows down in, in Cancun and, I've all over, you know, doing stuff. And I, I just was like done with it. Cause I'd done 20 years and I was just didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I got back into it and then we ended up, they asked us if I wanted to do it and put it together. And I, I did. And then my son, he was one of the knights at, at the Renaissance fairs for a few years. And it, that was kind of full circle for us. There you, you know, go, you're back. In, well, when you're in, you're in.
0: You know, this <laughs> year, my son. Every year we got a sword, honestly. And last, like really? last year, I got some big axe thing, and it's gotten bigger and over the years. Now this year, he's like, I really got to get a plague costume, a plague doctor costume. I go, what? And so <laughs> I go, is this some anime thing? What the heck? He goes, no, it's the real thing from the mid medieval. You know, the mid medieval. Yeah, medieval, medieval, uh... medieval. Yeah, the plague doctors when people were dying of the plague. And I was like, nice. what? And he found it. He found it at the Renaissance fair. So he's walking around with this mask thing that looks like a beak that people used to put, uh, you know, smells in or some sort of scents so they wouldn't smell dead people. And then oh. he has this crazy hat thing that he got. They go And this legit, the, what they used to do in the plague. And then I, lo- like, you, the things you learn at the Renaissance fairs. the guy's like, you know what that expression, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole? I go, yeah. He goes, that came from the plague doctors because there were so many dead people. They'd have 10-foot <laughs> poles and they'd stab people to make sure they were dead or alive. I was like, oh, good to know.
1: It's well, you Unu. know, I mean, Good, ed, ed, good education, you know, <laughs> so you I was kind of one of those guys that, you know, I, I didn't like I wasn't a big school guy, you know, I, I just, and then I fell into this. I did 16th century. I did, you know, uh, uh, pirate shows down in Cancun, choreograph all the boat, uh, on the fights on the boat. And have you ever done that pirate? Pirate stuff down in Cancun?
0: No, but I do love the I have such an uh, affection to word pirates. I'm into it.
1: Oh, I got to tell you something. If you ever want to go on another journey, you got to go down to Cancun okay. to the the pirate show. That's a whole, it's two Spanish galleons that hold 350 wow. people at the dinner show. <laughs> and the two boats attack each other and the cannons go off. And Ooh, fun. They sword fight and stuff. And I choreographed all the fights on that boat, so...
0: So your your experience, why do you think, just like all the, you know, we're into it, right? But why do you think the Renaissance Fair and even like any of these kind of sort of fantasy fair things, uh, why do you think they're so magical?
1: I I think they're magical because it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how much money you got. You can be whoever you want to be. And I think that's very appealing to people. And people are just, you know... It doesn't, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you got and how you look and, and, you know, it's just, I think people just, you know, want to escape, cut loose, (laughs) escape. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's basically what it is. And, you know, honestly, that's how I've made my living since, you know, I was like 20 years old. So you know, it's just like it's been. You know, I, who would ever thought that I could make money? You know, selling of wooden swords and shields and titanium swords and armor and I mean, yeah, like
0: it's inspiring. I, have,
1: I mean, you know, I, and I, you know, I wasn't very. I didn't go to college. I don't have a degree or anything. I just self-taught. From my grandparents were hard workers. I learned how to make stuff and build stuff, and you know, I just figured it out. You know, I helped out medieval times and. They built nine castles all across the United States. I think they built a new one this year, so it's ten. So, and I was in that movie, uh, "Cable Guy," with Jim Carrey. I you was were? Blue Knight. Yeah, I was Blue Knight in that movie. <laughs> and then I don't know if you remember, but you remember back in the day they had this thing called uh, "To Tell the Truth."
0: Yeah, it's the game show. Yeah,
1: they, yeah. They, they they had a remake of that, and I was the uh, the guy. My name is Greg Hoplin. They had three guys, and they tried uh, to guess who was uh, who. Oh my! So. Did they guess? Uh, you know, it was, I think it was like 30% of it was they, they guess and the rest of them didn't. So, you know, and it was, it was cool, you know, and at that time, you know, it was kind of funny because I used to watch that show back in the day, you know, and they made a remake of it and they were trying to put it back on and, and I was one of the guys. How funny.
0: How funny! What a great little story! What a great career you've had. Hey, one last question. I'm just curious, since you've been with the fair for so long, what happened to the? It used to be called the Renaissance Pleasure Fair. What happened to the pleasure?
1: Well, what happened was, is it the Pattersons that who had owned it? Yeah. Um. You know, at Black Point, they lost the property there. Yeah. And then. Um,
0: and they lost the pleasure.
1: And they lost the pleasure, and Aww. that's exactly what happened. Well, and they sold it off to a company back in uh, New York or Wisconsin or one back back in the Midwest and East, and uh, they took it over. And then, um, so then, uh, California, Northern or Southern California, didn't want to do the Northern California fair, so they wanted to. Uh, they just said, "Hey, listen, you know." um, we don't really want to do it. If you guys, you know, all the booth owners are the ones that, um, took it over and, and, uh, you know, there was Lisa and she took it over and put it all together and, and started it and we kept doing it. So it's basically the people of the fair that put it on at Northern fair, because it has nothing to do with,
0: Southern, um, I know, is it's like sort of like a civil war of the Renaissance Fair.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a weird thing, you know, and and you know, and it's kind of cool because you know it's not a corporate because that's all corporate. The yeah. one in Southern Fair, and they do things a little bit different, and it's kind of cool how we do it at Northern Fair. It's like it's mostly all the old old school guys that mm-hmm. put it together, and you know, it it's. It's been a little rough, you know, trying to get it together because it's very expensive to try to have the property and, you know, put everything together and get the groups because there's a lot of volunteers that help that that fair out so
0: it's great i mean we just love i mean i can't even tell i only missed it once i think since i started going is that's when my son was born he was only a month old and i wanted to go to the ren fair my husband and everyone's like the kid is kind of little and but we took him in a year we he missed that first month because i was kind of a mess but that's (laughs) i would have fit right in and my anniversary is right around the ren fair too and Uh. i can't tell you how many Anniversaries we've spent at the Renaissance Fair.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's we a love good time, it. you know. I, know. It's like, I mean, It's like, it's you fun. know, and then through the years it's changed so much and it's just been, you know, and that's why I do it because, you know, I got the background of, you know, knowing what I know and learned a lot of stuff and I put my own and we really enjoy doing the show because we can change it up whenever we want so we don't have yeah. some down our back telling us, oh, you can't do that and you can't do this. You know, we're, yeah. we're free willy. We can do whatever we want, and that's that's one of the reasons why I keep doing it because it's magic. You know, it we is. just have a good time. It's like I, I I'm in charge. I own the own my show, but I want them to have a good time, and so I open it up to hey, let's do whatever. You know, what do you think? You know, and so
0: and everybody has you can tell, and everybody just you just go and have just a great old time and step back in time and learn a little something, have a little some laughs, make some memories.
1: Yeah, it's just a blast, you know. Yep. I, you know, I, you know, and and Costa Pruda is like a really, central, I mean, you can stay at the campgrounds, you know. Yeah, you I can think I would love to RV. do that sometime. Yeah. Oh, it's nice. And you know, there's other fairs like in Oregon, Washington's that we do that like they like after the show they let their patrons come and it's a full on party until like, you know, Oh, o'clock really? in the morning. Yeah. And you can camp out and hang out with everyone. That's kinda cool too. It's just the liability for California uh, there. It's of course. it's a little rough to be able to do that kind of stuff, but I don't know. They have the, the Celtic, you know, their bands and stuff on Saturday nights yes. at Casa de Fruits. That's kind of cool, you know?
0: That's cool. You know, I think Casa de Fruta, I know everyone was sad when we lost, you know, Black Point Forest in Novato. I think everyone is, I think Casa de Frutas
1: turned out pretty good. I think, I, I think, I agree, you know, I mean, you know, there's, you know, the fair struggles a little bit, you know, to, to gather up the money to get it going on. and Because it, it's, it's a little undertaking, you know, you got to have your ducks in a row there yeah you know and but the, uh, the cost fruit appreciates it because they make money you know off of all the stuff that they got and it's like right there it's kind of in between you know interstate five and the one so you know it's a perfect location you know
0: it's pretty and, magical it's, it turns into a great village
1: yeah i think so you know i mean you know okay nevada was pretty awesome but you know, because I used to ride on all the fire trails back in the Pataluma River was on the backside. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, that property's that's a lot of money there. You're talking... Big bucks.
0: I think they just developed it into homes or something.
1: Yeah, I think they did like timeshare. I, I don't know uh, if timeshares, but condos, condos and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean, I know that property so well. I mean, it used to be so fun. We could ride all the way around the Ho Fair site and, you know, go through on the fire trails and follow the the, the fencing all the way around. And, you know, there was like 10 ale stands, you know, so you could go get your beer and yeah. ride your horse and. <laughs> but I kind of missed that. That was kind of yeah, cool, you know. But I know. I but get Costa Fruito is, you know, you got there's other things there. It's just as cool, you know. You're out in the middle of nowhere either. So
0: yeah. Well, let's just say it's better than the nut tree was for those couple of years. Oh,
1: man. But I got to <laughs> tell you something. You know, uh, this first weekend at Costa Fruito, it was 106 for oh, us. My. It was like brutal. I was like, and yeah. then I just got over. I had knee surgery, so. It was a little rough for me, also, but and you know, I pulled it off. And yes, you
0: did. I saw you. I ru- I rooted for England as I always do.
1: Well, thank you, my lady. Thank you, <laughs> thank
0: you, my lord. Huzzah!
1: <laughs> <all that>. Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! But you know, it's all good. And the queen, you know, she was there in all her glory. And you know, we had a good time this year. And and uh, I'm just happy that uh, Francis, the PR, hooked me up with you. And It's been nice talking to you. I can't wait
0: to meet you next year. Absolutely.
1: Make sure that you tell my lady Francis that she wants to hook us up. I will. I will.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you, Greg. Greg Hopla, the owner of the World World Tournament of Champions,
1: Knights of the Realm.
0: There you go. English Knight.
1: Huzzah,
0: Huzzah, huzzah. And talk to you again very soon. All right. Okay. Thanks to Greg Hopla owner of the world tournament of champions knights of the realm at the northern california renaissance fair check out next year's fair coming in the fall of 2020 or maybe you'll even find a renaissance fair coming to your part of the world huzzah any music used in the woodstock nation podcast is owned by the artist and is used for educational and illustration purposes only thanks for checking out Liking, sharing, and following Woodstock Nation, soon to be Festival Nation, on the Pantheon Podcast Network and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Talk to you next time. Peace, love, and thanks for being part of the tribe. From Marla Davies
1: and everyone here at Woodstock Nation. Tune in, turn on next week.